Hello and welcome to The Falcon, a football podcast. I am your host, Clarky, and joining me this week, I've got the wonderful Jesse. Old three-take Clarky, eh? One and a half. Oh, whatever. And Chris, you're joining me again this week? Hello, yes, yes. Back for a, a third week. You, you allowed me back in. Chris is slowly developing a motto. Like, he's going to say, to everybody, like, I'm back, back. Thanks. I'm back. I've got that on, and I'm back. My and, motto is just four. <laughs> <laughs> and like every good podcast, three episodes in, we are relying on wonderful content creators to join us as guests to drive better content. And we are joined by my former boss, Black Dog. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> I was never your boss. Don't yeah. say that. That makes me feel weird and a little aroused. I mean, it... We're bringing some questionable management decisions because, so for, for listeners at home, uh, I produce content for a website called Jock Reynolds, which is about AFL Supercoach, and Lechdog brought me on as a content producer for uh, for Jock Reynolds, and it spawned onto many great things, and I'll never forget that the first thing he let me publish on that website was an article about Tom McDonald, which turned out to probably be the worst thing I have ever written. <laughs> I think he played about four games since then. <laughs> Oh, he played that whole season, just not well. We did paid content with with the Herald Sun like that, and this is what you brought to the table. Where are we? <laughs> the paid content was much better. A, well, paycheck, a paycheck incentivizes a lot. Wait, so if Lek was your boss back in the day, if I run Story Mode Podcast Network, am I your boss now? And if so, why do you berate me so much? You know, you're like that cool millennial boss who I know is just going to take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I am the boss of some people in my current job. Um, and yeah, it, I, it does have that vibe. That's it. It's about, no, it's about knowing the line. I'm that substitute teacher you can bully. Well, I don't give a shit. Let's watch Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah, do your, do your worksheet or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. You want to watch Shrek? It's the only DVD we own in this public school. <laughs> Wheel out the TV. Wheel in the TV. Now, for listeners who may not know you, Lek, uh, do you want to give us a little bit of background on your connection, who you support, what's going on for you? I am a Z-level internet celebrity with more than zero followers. I originally tried to become a YouTube famous person, made a rap video, which got seen by someone who made fantasy football content who hired me to work on their website called jockreynolds.com.au. I ran that website for about 10 years. It doesn't exist anymore. And I bear a cuff for Carlton, so I do a lot of content on Blue Abroad on YouTube and Pommy in Oz on YouTube, including daily fantasy, uh, daily trade period wraps. And more broadly, if you want to see nerd stuff, you can follow my Instagram at Alexi, A-L-E-X-I-E underscore does, where I paint models of Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's me. And I talk about free agency and AFL trade period a lot on the internet. You say Z-level celebrity, but you were on an episode of Love Letters, my spinoff podcast. Yes, I'm plugging my intro on this one. I don't even give a shit. We're four minutes game. in. I don't the, care. The, I don't the first care. four minutes it. have just been plugged so far. But yeah, good. Lek was an episode, so I'm going to bump you up to at least a, a, a Q-level celebrity. Yeah. Q-W? Yes, we talked about Lord of the Rings. I'll take whatever letter you give me. Give you the D. So, like you mentioned trade period. That's what's currently opened up this week. And we brought you on because I know that you, you have some very strong formed opinions on trade weeks. So I thought you might be the perfect guy to bring in for this, you know, this kicking off of actual facts instead of months of rumor <laughs> yeah facts are good i prefer talking about the facts the worst thing is when nothing happens in fact today we didn't do a stream because nothing happened because all people want to do is talk about things that aren't actually happening and so the goal of our show over at pommy and oz is to educate the viewer to a point where they're no longer saying, if Paddy Dow was pick three, why aren't we getting pick three for him in a trade? Like, if we can get the vast majority of the public to that level of information, we're going to be in strong hands. I guess the difficulty with free agency trade period in the AFL is that a lot of it's hidden in AFL rules and regulation that isn't publicly available. Uh, historical data is hidden and very difficult to come by without manually doing it. So 
Um, and the rules are just not public in a lot of instances. So if you're able to have some connections in the in the AFL and if you're going to willing to put hundreds of hours in, like I have, you will get to a point where you actually understand how things work. You cannot explain why they work that way, though. I don't know what an unrestricted free agent is, and at this point I'm afraid to ask. In a real sport, there's someone who can move to any club they want without compensation. In the AFL, there's someone who can move to any club they want, but then for some reason the club they leave gets something back from the AFL and disadvantages 16 other teams in the league. I don't know about any of you guys, but I find uh, Trade Week very, very stressful. All I care about at the end is when the smoke clears, like, who does Essendon have? Who have we lost? Because not, nothing else makes sense to me. How the compensation works doesn't make sense to anyone. The restricted, unrestricted, oh, we swapped our fucking pick seven from 2027 for this. I, shut shut up. This The whole, like, 24-hour, well, maybe not. It's like a 12-hour news cycle that Trade Radio has become. It's just this Ouroboros of bullshit. I mean, I'm looking at... So the Trade Radio, b- bless them. They put bless out them. Do not lists. bless those people. Do not bless those people. <laughs> bless them. They put out they these look, lists on they're their doing Twitter. a job. Let's leave <laughs> they're it doing at that. work. It's yeah. not God's work. They're doing work. So, um... King Cunt, Cane Corns, um, <laughs> has put on Twitter his... Enemy you know, of the pod? Enemy of the enemy of the enemy of enemy football. Of the state. Let's say what it. Let's call it what it is. Enemy of football. I think forms. I dropped the first C bomb. Um, yeah, I, for him. So, and I'm I'm not editing that out because, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's his full name. Chris, but Chris, sorry. Let's just stop Jesse here for a bit. Chris, distinctly, just to pull back the curtain for the audience here, has Jesse not previously told us before to keep this podcast relatively, relatively clean? Yes, I believe before the the first episode, he specifically said no C-bombs. <laughs> Fine. Kane, I won't say corn then. I mean, what, what I'm do you going want? straight to Glassdoor with this. Anyway. So what I'm saying is on, on, on Twitter, they're putting up their list every day. And I think they realize about three days in that there aren't many lists to make. So like the ones for today was players overhyped in the trade period. Uh Kane has number one, Ben McKay, then Harrison Petty, Asaba Radigalia, Aaron Norton, Zerk Thatcher, uh, Marbio Choll, and Kazipski. Kane, mate, you're the one overhyping them because your network is talking about these players for 12 hours a fucking day. Okay? I'm sorry, was, was Aaron Norton in there? Aaron Norton, number four. <laughs> involved in trade hyped. period. All he, he did was in... sign a contract. <laughs> exactly. A contract before trade period started. <laughs> Ben Mackay is like he's not causing anyone any harm. It's not his I've got a ever. lot of I I don't I'm not going to be pro Ben Mackay on this podcast. Just a heads up. Yeah, Look, I also I, the whole compensation pick is, is stupid. I, I, I think that's wrong. Essendon playing paying a lot of money for him. But look, we don't have any options. All of our defenders want to leave to play in Adelaide, Port Adelaide, for some reason. Well, look, we'll circle back to Kane Corns, but. Oh, we will, because I'm going to find more of his list. But I, my, my new special um, segment. I Look, I'm completely neutral on the Ben Mackay thing. I don't necessarily like the comp, comp stuff. I, I'm not 100% around how it actually works. But I'm like, this is bad because North don't need... Anyway, but I want to hear uh, more evaluated opinions on this. So, Lek and Chris, you have the floor. Uh, I am of the opinion that... I mean, there's, there's two separate issues. I think that Essendon are massively overpaying him. I think that he's massively overrated. Thumbs up from Jesse. He's, he's like he's done some good things when I've watched, but I feel like he's done a lot more bad things when I've watched him. His disposal, his kicking is atrocious. He he's good one on one for the most part, but that's about it. Um, but what Essendon are paying him aside, this just reminds me of years ago when. Um, James Frawley went to Hawthorne and Melbourne got, was it pick three as well? They did get pick three, yes. Yeah, as compensation. Like it, James Frawley wasn't worth pick three. Ben Mackay's not worth pick three. The compensation's just an absolute raw. The fact that there is a system that North Melbourne's list manager could 
could essentially hold Essendon at ransom and say publicly, if the contract offer isn't enough to trigger big three, then we're just going to match it. Like the fact that there is a system that allows that to happen should not be a thing. Yeah, draft manipulation is built into the current system we have. Just as an FYI of the known things that go into compensation that I've had confirmed to me from list managers at AFL clubs, salary, the bands of those salary, it's like, you know. Oh, so part of the reason, by the way, side note, in 2023, the reason the compensation is all high is because the contracts are being written with the new CBA in mind, but they're being yep. measured against the old prior to the new CBA um, compensation metrics. So those metrics include the different bands of salary, 800K equals a first round pick because it's in the top 10% or 5% or whatever it is of all of the average AFL paid players. That's reduced by age. So Ben Mackay's technically younger than 26 because he's born in December and the AFL calendar year is October to October. So because he's born two months later, the threshold for him to get a band one compensation is slightly sorry. lower. AFL, the year isn't something you can just decide on your own. <laughs> they work off the dra- off the draft eligibility calendar as well. Although, yeah, yeah. So they work. They work off the Aztec calendar. Yes, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the Mayan calendar. So that comes into it. So there's salary, age, and then there's something they don't publicly talk about, but that's available players in the draft. So if there's no key position defenders in the draft. Key position defenders are worth more. And then, of course, there's the magic dust, which the AFL throws at. And they want North Melbourne to have pick three, so North Melbourne gets pick three. Ben McKay sucks. I'm sure he'll be okay. He's <laughs> ben, not I love be, you, baby. He's not going to be good. He's not going to be that much better than he was at North. Richard Little, who's a, a data analyst uh, on Twitter, uh, his tag is at a little fitness. He has this met tool that, based on your age, your position, and all of your stats at this point in your career, it projects you next to players of similar output. This is what his metrics spit out. Ben Stratton, David Asprey, Jordan Ruffhead, Jackson Trengove, Tom Jonas, Nathan Broad, Dylan Grimes, Will Schofield, Phil Davis, and Sam Frost. None of them scream pick three to me. Uh, uh, premiership, I'm sorry. premiership player Jordan Ruffhead. Uh, and former Port Adelaide captain? <laughs> sorry? <laughs> I don't think captaincy's worth pick three. I'm I don't actually, think you can read that list of names out to most people and they would pick out the Port Adelaide captain in that, to be honest. If the first name on a list is Ben Stratton, you don't want to be on the list. Yeah, And yeah, you put some respect in Sam Frost's name because he, he might not be able to kick a ball, but he's, ben can't kick he's, a ball, he's got legs. The, the, one, the one thing that I will say with Essendon picking up Mackay that is a positive is that he frees up Ridley and Redmond. Ridley mainly. Very uh, we said that about Kelly last year. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing uh, about Mackay coming in is that Kelly may not need to play. <laughs> I think look, okay I think he's I think he's going to be the same player that he was at North. And his availability at North was poor and his performance wasn't very good either. He's the best key position defender asterisk available this year. The asterisk is for another player we're gonna talk about soon. So I get it. Uh, I just quickly, I went through and it took me about three hours and I mapped every compensation pick last night that's been given in the AFL since compensation, since proper free agency started. I'll just quickly run through a couple of the names at the top. So these are the the, the highest picks that have ever been given. James Frawley, pick three. Tom Lynch, pick three from Gold Coast to Richmond. Ben Mackay, pick three. So James Frawley, Tom Lynch, Ben Mackay, all clearly of the same caliber of player joe danaher nine dale thomas 11 zach williams 12 brandy goddard 13 and then buddy franklin was a first round pick with pick 19 the first pick after hawthorne's first pick they won the flag and then funnily enough tom rockliffe which was an end of first round compensation was pick 18 one before lance franklin because your boys got kicked out of the draft that year i believe uh jesse no need for that. Ben, no pick me. Okay. No need for facts. No need for facts. Yeah. No need for you. Facts have no place on this podcast. Um, you, just, you know where it, facts do have a place? On uh, AFL Trade Radio, I do have another list for you guys. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> player, managers, under, most, pressure. All right, now, guys, calm down. I know you all have your, your bets and your theories around this, okay? But the greats have had their 
had their uh, time with us. Hemisphere at number one with Xavier Dersman and uh, and Hollands. Okay, Elijah Hollands. We got corporate sports at number two, three Connor Sports, four Phoenix Management, five TLA, and the first comment is, "What the fuck is this list?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. Five favorite sodas of the AFL. <laughs> Coca-Cola group. Schweppes group. Those madmen who make Dr. Pepper. How many more days of trade time Finishes is on it? Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, How are they going to get so sit, like five more of these lists out by then? <laughs> We're going to rank eight. Rank the draftees by shoe size. Cancun's like, used to be like reasonably unbearable but you kind of like go well he exists whatever and i think he found some sort of key right that's like a kid who's figured out the right button to push to piss off he opened his mouth. and make and make content no but he's he's got like he's taken it up a notch like his fuckheadery yeah. just like a level because he's like this is content the turning point was the jack univan stuff when he he spoke out about J- jack univan and then he won the anzac day medal and kane dyed his hair blonde as a result, that was the turning point where he all of a sudden just went to another level of. I like how, of, yeah, he said that Tim Taranto wasn't in the top three hundred players at the start of the year, and a few days ago he said that Ben Mackay is in the top three hundred players, and it's like, wait, so is he as good as Tim Taranto or is he bad? I can't, I don't <laughs> understand because your scale is fucked. <laughs> the uh. issue with trade radio and what we've created, right? When trade period was a week and they created trade radio, it made sense to have coverage of everything that was happening. I think free agency was relatively new, player movement was pretty free-flowing, and it was contained to within a one week. The only way to unpaint ourselves out of this corner, in my eyes, is to just open it up like every other sport and have trade period run for six months because then there will be no expectation. You don't need to sit cane corns in a room for a week straight coming up with lists because... There just won't be enough to talk about. I think open it up, let it run forever, and let him tire himself out. I feel like Kane Corns is going to call you bluff and sit in that room for six months, just constantly creating lists. The man can't be stopped. He's a content <laughs> machine. And I'm coming to you live from the Chemist Warehouse content chamber brought to you by the McDonald's <laughs> Crispy Chicken. Mm-mm-mm. Get that chicken. Just like, fuck it. I, I tried to listen to some of it today, and I'm like, I know. I feel like I've been way more educated and way more calm and far less anxious and stressed since two years ago I stopped listening actively to trade radio. I went from someone who listened to it, (laughs) called it up, texted it, knew all the ads to someone who I cold turkey, stopped myself from listening and watching. My life is A, so much better and calmer, but I also know more about what's happening in trade period than (laughs) when I was listening to trade radio. Uh, so part of the trade news that happened this week was uh, now we've got the draft class has gotten a little bit shorter. Jordan Croft has nominated the Bulldogs as a father-son selection. Now, like not to make it seem like we've brought you in to, <laughs> in to have a direct debate, but Chris, you're happy about this. Lek, I know you don't care for father-son. I don't fit care for a, a compromised draft and for a game that prides itself on equalization, so it says, to have such compromises in the draft. So my stance is that if it means we get rid of priority picks, academy players, uh, you name it, if we can get rid of all of that at the cost of father-son, get father-son out of the game. It's nepotism. Nick Dacos is a Nepo baby. Croft is a Nepo baby. Just because your dad had sex 18 years ago doesn't mean you deserve to go to what to a premiership contending side. What I think, and there's no reason a player, if if it's such, because we talk about it being a really important for the family that the player gets to the club. Well, the beauty of introducing free agency and making player movement way easier is that when a player, a father-son, comes into the AFL, when he has achieved the right to choose where he goes by achieving free agency, he will be able to move 
to the club where his dad played and then we'll have a big father-son reunion and everyone will be happy. And I think it would actually be more special if the player chooses to go there as a mature ager rather than starting off there because he knows he's going to get, uh, you know, a couple extra, couple of hundred extra grand and a few deals with daddy. I think call. it's stupid. Get rid of it. Look, I'm not going to say get rid of it. As much as I agree with everything that like just said, Dougal Hagen, Darcy, Croft, we've had a good few years. I'll, I'll say let's just keep it there. I'm waiting for uh, when AFL teams will just start drafting based on genetic quality. We got... This is an 18-year investment. <laughs> what, like horses, like horse breeding. Yeah. Are, are the doggies the biggest Nepo team at the moment? Uh, well, You've got a lot of father-sons. Good question. Well, we got Darcy, Libba. They've, yeah, they've got three. We'll be able to get Croft. Croft. We got rid of Hunter. Collingwood had a couple just win a flag. Three win yeah. a flag. Yeah. yeah, but two of them were sort of like the one deal. Um. <laughs> Yeah, take that, brothers. Sort of package deal. Jamara was obviously uh, Academy or NGA, Next Generation. He wasn't... Um, yeah. Well, that's an even bigger rot, by the way. Oh, he came yeah. trained with us once. The yeah. Western wow. Bulldogs are just made by the AFL. <laughs> Haven't they changed that? They changed that the year after Jamara was drafted, where it's, yeah, you can't match degree. it within the top 20 picks or something like top that? Top 40. They get, they're actually oh. going to address that next year. Um, they're going to change it again, and they're going to train, train, look at the draft points indicator, which is meaningless, by the way. But northern states uh, still get access to their academies, so that's fun. Um, I, different rules for everyone. You know, I would be happy, and I said this about free agency comp when Paddy Cripps was a free agent, and I've, I'll say this about father-son. The AFL next year, because Carlton have access to the two Camparelli brothers who right now are projecting to be a mid or a mid to late first round and a mid to late we'll call it third round picks. If the AFL came out and said, father, son doesn't exist anymore. I would happily cop that on the chin. It's like play on. Thank Christ. It's not going to happen, but God, I hope it does. See, I think f- f- as an Essence supporter, n- none of the players we have at the moment look like they fuck. So I don't think we're going to get any <laughs> father and son, father, sons. Darcy Parrish definitely fucks. Oh, Maybe <laughs> Matt Guelphie fucks. He absolutely, absolutely fucks. Matt Guelphie will be fueling the entire Essendon team in about 20 they, years. There's a chance in like 25 years, every player on the Essendon squad, surname is Guelphie. Okay, there's <laughs> <laughs> a good chance. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Matt Guelphie is the um, the exception to, to the rule. But every year, yeah, you have like, th- it feels feel like three or four father-son picks come out of it, and it doesn't feel special anymore. It would be pretty cool if it was it, if it became a rarity where any club could pick up this player. If that player then says, screw it, I fall in love with this club, then their legacy can go on from that club. And maybe they have a kid and they play for them or whatever. I would like to be, it to become a rarer thing, a more special thing, and I think you need to get rid of, get rid so of I it. Think, I think here's the thing, right? When, when the league was more amateur and less professional – Having a father son and just having him play for the like being good enough to play for the team was a really cool story, but nowadays you look at Nick Dacos and he was better than most AFL players at age fifteen sixteen because he's been around a professional environment having professional development put into him for so long. So it's not the same as just bloke comes in, happened to have his dad play there, give him a kick. It's now like. It's access to these guys who are trained at the club they're going to eventually get drafted by for years and years and years. And it's a bit manipulative. And I think if you're going to have it, I think scrap it. If you're going to have it, I still think scrap the academies. But open it up. Why have 100 games as the threshold? It's so arbitrary. Make it one game. Make it one game. If a dude's ever played a game, it's the, why is that less than the 100 games required now? If you're going to have it, open it up. Yeah, I'm gonna Google. Did like, did Car Reamers have a kid? Just some of the greats are gonna come back to us. <laughs> well, so we should we'll move on to some other trade news. So Tom Doty has joined Brisbane as a free agent. That's yeah. fine. I, I mean, yeah. I, th- I mean, he's, a- gonna, he's gonna miss most of the season because he's done his knee. Um, I've always been a big fan of him. I think that he's a good pickup for them. I mean, him alongside Andrews. 
Stasevich, those types of players. Like it's a good backline. Again, was he worth the pick that Adelaide got? God no. No. What's that? And again, Adelaide that got what pick nineteen? It was no, I think it was twenty nine, wasn't it? Or was it nineteen? No, 19? it was pick nineteen. Oh, pick nineteen. Uh, it'll get the Buddy out. Franklin pick. Yeah. yeah. Buddy Franklin's official pick. Makes sense. What's his name? Tom Duda. Yeah, it's current. Well, when I did my list, it was currently pick 20. He'll be the best free agent in the moves this year when we look back at it, for sure. He's better than all the other free agents. And I'm not as worried about his double knee injury as everyone else is. Um, just for fun, his projected comparisons are like Alir Alir, mm. Alex Rance. Double knee injury Duda better than Mackay. Yes. Well, Mackay's oh, not enough. even in the top 300 players, Jesse. We've covered this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Fair enough. <laughs> Mackay projects to be an average key defender, and he's currently the 19th best key defender in the game on, on player ratings. Tom Duda is going to be better than that as a third tall. He's going he's gonna to be just sitting there feeding off Harris Andrews like one of those little fish that swims under sharks. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those birds that sit on top of elephants. <laughs> Harris Andrews he's just grooming he's me. grooming me. <laughs> um, well, Jesse, we've talked about Ben Mackay, but we haven't talked about your other big get. Yes, big the Goldstein is I'm, coming. I'm, I'm actually quite happy about this. Um, we got him for nothing. He's going to fill in while Draper's broken all of his bones, and he's going to be a really good teacher mentor. For Draper and uh, Brian, I, I th- to me, there's no downside to this. He is still a great ruckman, um, as a fill-in. He fills that gap that we lost with, with Phillips. I, I'm, I'm actually really, really happy about this. There was there was something nice about the video of him during the week pulling on the Essendon jumper for the first time, and he said that he grew up as an Essendon supporter. He just looked very happy. It was it was a nice moment. Having a nice moment, like Goldie grew up being an Essendon supporter, and so did Ben Mackay. I, I quite like the club's throwing a few like pictures of his kids and stuff like that in their ethnic. Jesse, game. we're not going to like Ben Mackay. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop trying to make Ben Mackay happen. <laughs> He's not a goddamn <laughs> Nepo baby like half your team, Chris. Goddamn. <laughs> Goldie's great for Essendon, by the way. Yeah. He's he's awesome for him. Yeah, it's literally, it's probably, I would say, the second best move. Essendon had, hasn't had like a good vibes pick in a while. Goldie is good vibes. He's going to raise you guys to like fifth worst on the ladder. It's going to be awesome for you. <laughs> I hate that I can be talked down by Carlton supporter and he's rightful to do it. <laughs> Fuck, this is a bad year for me. Well, talking about risers, right? Let's let's do let's do the big one. Sydney have picked up Brody Grundy, Taylor Adams, James Jordan. Who else? <laughs> The list is somebody like somebody from Sydney just Emily? rolled up, did like Emily. a tour of all these clubs, and was just like, "Get in the fucking car, you're coming." And it feels like they've given up barely anything for all of them as well. Yeah, I'm as look as a Melbourne supporter, I'm very happy about how the Grundy deal went down. We got what pick forty six and a second rounder for him, and we're not paying any of his contract, which yeah. some people speculated might be the case. And I think reasonably that was done in good faith, right? I think they brought Brody across to, they were like, oh, they probably sold him on the 50-50. Like, you know, we've got Max. We want you to do 50-50 with him, ruck forward split, um, or like, you know, ruck utility sort of split. And then Max goes out with the injury. Brody comes in, does a great job. Max comes back in and is just hitting. Does a better form. job. Well, yeah, he's just hitting. He hit form. Um, you know, I've I've seen some takes that like you know maybe people sort of insinuating that Grundy was kind of lazy or just like not trying hard enough to get back into the twenty-two. But I think he was held out purposefully. Both him going, I don't want to be a full like a full-time forward, and like if you're not going to do it fifty-fifty, then. Don't bother. And I think that's perfectly fine. I think Melbourne are kind of putting that's their way of putting their hands up and going, the experiment failed. Like all the best to you. And he seems I, like a really nice guy. So I do like that Melbourne hasn't dug their heels in with this and said, Yeah, no, nah, this didn't work how we want to let him that let the guy have a career. I think Brody Grundy comes across to me as like one of like the nice guys of the AFL. He seems like a genuine dude. I, I think he's in a 
kill it at Sydney. Sydney haven't had a decent Ruckman or like, you know, a real recognized Ruckman for a little bit. I, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on them. They're, they're a shot next year. They're going to be four. a big threat. Uh, I think that this is outstanding list management, the pickups that they've had. And I, I think that they're bigger than just a shot next year. Their list is young. Um, Hamling is a bit of a, a nothing pickup. He's a, just depth for the back line. They got exposed earlier this season when they copped all the injuries in the back line. McCartan's obviously been forced to retire, so Hamling is kind of just the McCartan replacement. Um, but, yeah, Grundy is a huge pickup. Putting Adams as depth around that young midfield of Golden, Warner, Rowbottom, those types, it's... A Don't forget Mills got caught wrestling, so... And Mills, oh, Mills when he's not... Uh, out for the count. Um, I think Good that one. it's uh, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I think it was a it's a fantastic pickup and I really rate James Jordan. I was hoping that the dogs were going to make a play for him and that we would pick him up. I really rate him. I think he's a great depth player and I just think it's outstanding list management from them. I like the idea of you guys looking at Oscar Baker and going if we waited one more year <laughs> you could have been yeah. something better. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, we did a Sydney preview a few weeks ago and we said they need to – it was obvious stuff. They need key de- position depth. They need an established Ruckman. They need another inside mid. And then we threw up James Jordan as another option that they could look at just to bolster their mid. And they've nailed all of those. Grundy yeah. probably shouldn't undersell how good Grundy and Adams were when they played together at Collingwood. I think that's important. Uh, in bringing some cohesion to that midfield. And I think this is kind of like it, it's it's a move to, to compete now, but it's also a move to buy some time, I think, um, for their younger midfield. So awesome, awesome. They're doing really well. They've essentially sent out a couple of second-round picks for it. But I also love Melbourne, right? They basically got a pick in the 40s for holding on to Grundy for a year and just keeping him warm. So good on them. They didn't lose... The only thing Melbourne really lost was potentially an opportunity cost last year by, you know, by getting Grundy. Did they have an op- miss out on an opportunity to bring in someone else? Who knows? But essentially, you've just been you've got back your investment, so love it. I gen I genuinely appreciate when clubs sort of, for la- for lack of a better term, they do the right thing by the player. Right, the player goes, look, um. I want to go elsewhere. Like I'm not fitting in. I'm not getting game time, whatever it is. And then the clubs make it happen. And it feels like Melbourne has really done that there. Um, they also don't have to pay him anymore, which they'd be happy. Yeah, with. exactly. Right. Like it's not just a pure selfless act. <laughs> like, well, I think, I think Sydney didn't take the piss, right? Like that's like, they came in and they went, we know exactly what you want. We're not going to mess around. Get it done. Yeah. Those deals got done real quickly. Mm. It, it did seem like Sydney just, they're not, all the clubs like to fuck around, play play a little bit of funny buggers during paid trade period. But yeah, now City's just come and said, "Look, we know what's fair here. This works. Let's do it." And there's a big comic size stamp on that big piece of paper. It was very funny because about an hour before the Grundy deal got announced, Trade Radio reported that it was set to drag on because Sydney's offer uh, wasn't good enough for Melbourne. And then about an hour later, the AFL up announced that it was a done deal. No notes. <laughs> Sydney are a very well-run club. Now, Chris, except for their captain wrestling. No, that's fine. Whatever. Do you think you got? Sometimes you got to go from the top rope, Jesse. You understand. Now, Chris, your boys—they took Premiership player James Harms. Where do you think he fits in for the doggies? Um, Fullback first. Yeah, <laughs> legit though. Yeah. Um, at first, I when we were linked to him, I was like, eh, like I don't know, it's unfazed. Um, the more I kind of thought about it, I was like, oh, actually, it makes sense. Like, there was the infamous Bevoak press conference later in the year um, where he he bit back at the journalists, essentially said that our list was overrated and that uh, he was referring to our bottom five or six players. Um, and I think that Harms is a a step Bottom forward five in that. or six player, I hear what you're saying. What he he's a he he's better than a Lockie McNeil. He's better than a Robbie McComb. These random names that are just like Abe Simpson walking into the 
into the maze on loves the air. To play for some reason. Yeah, the the well, sometimes he doesn't have much of a choice, but he these names that are just constantly through the revolving door of in and out every week, and then two weeks later it's the same name back in, and you're like, why the hell is that guy back in the team again? Uh, Who was that cricketer that you guys bit. played all year? James O'Donnell. Madness. He won an award at the Best and Fairest night. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I saw that. And I think that was very intentional. I reckon Bevo had a lot to do with that award. (laughs) He, um, I think Harms fixes that. I think he'll play, and he said that he was sold from Bevo and Sam Power that he'll play inside mid, rotating with with half forward. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Play Jack McRae in the midfield, please. Please play Jack McRae in the midfield. I do I'm, like that, that James Harm just took Bevo on his word at that. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll play inside. Look, by by all accounts, James Harm's lovely boy, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he's just going like, yeah, that seems, that seems they want to give me what I want. Far forward, <laughs> round three, even the rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tim English is out of contract, so we've got our new Ruckman then. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think it's an okay pickup. He's better than those bottom players that are usually in the 22 or fighting for the 22. So, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, he wasn't I'm, getting a look in at Melbourne. So. I really like that you were able to pick up uh, one of Bevo's infamous press conferences. I think for the last two years, they've all been relatively infamous. This was a particularly infamous one because he, he really lost his mind and said that the list was overrated and this wasn't the, the media was hyping it. It's the mind was already gone. <laughs> yeah. It's the more concerning thing for us is forget signing James Harms, forget signing Nick Cofford, sign some fucking assistant coaches because you just sacked them all. We've missed out on Leppage for the director of coaching role, and there is, apart from Matthew Egan, we're not linked to anyone. Stewie Jew said no. It's literally Ouch. just going to be Bevo in the fucking coach's box this next year. Terrifying. I wonder why they don't want to take that job. Hey, yeah. here's 50 bucks to go into this phone booth with this fucking skateboarding maniac. Claw your face off. I hear uh, I hear they're probably looking at signing Phil the Power Taylor, but he's on a darts tour at the moment, so I don't know if that's actually going to get across the line. Might help Bevo with selection, though, if they can really get him. <laughs> He'd be far too accurate for Bevo's selection. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. Um, hey, look, let's talk improvement. West Coast picked up Matt Flynn. I think that's... that's Matt, a, I really like that yeah, move right, for both Flynn and West Coast. Yeah. Everyone forgot about Matt Flynn because of... Uh, uh, Briggs. Briggs. Briggs is going to be the next great <laughs> right. I, I love Briggsy. But that's a break, break sound. Oh, god damn, that's good. Flynn was going to be that. He just happened to have a better Ruckman. He's the Grundy to Briggs's Gorn. And uh, I'm hoping. <laughs> second best is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> He's not as beautiful as Grundy. I'll give you that. But I, I think at West Coast, he'll, he'll, he'll flourish there. No, yeah. awesome get for West Coast. Comes in, he'll take the number one role. They've probably got too many key forwards now, ironically. Oscar Allen, Waterman, Darling, Marich, Jamison, Williams, who's not very good. But no, great pickup for, for them. Solves a problem, and I'm, I think you're right, Jess. He was stuck behind just too many good Ruckman and had injuries at the wrong time at GWS, but he's going to be really solid. Yeah, it's always hard to sit behind Braden Bruce. <laughs> Well, he was behind Mumford, and then he finally got his opportunity, and they were playing Briggs and Flynn at the same time. And then they were like, this Briggs guy's got something, and then Flynn got injured, and they were like, this Briggs guy's got something. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? Behind behind the other two guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nalek, I know you must be in mourning because you guys lost Zach Fisher. <laughs> you don't watch my shows. <laughs> I'm being facetious. <laughs> Uh, listeners at home, there is one single tear rolling down Lex's face and getting caught up in his moustache. Look, when I acquired Zach Fisher in a Supercoach Keeper League, uh, what number did I assign him? I assigned him number 45, if that says anything about how I feel. But, that, look, Zach Fisher was serviceable during the time. He played a role in the rebuild. He filled 100 and something senior games. He was touted as an inside mid, but could never really perform there. We tried him forward. He never really performed there, and he was okay as a defender, but he walks into North Melbourne's team as a uh, walk-up start 
in their half back line. So Clarko loves a, a left footer, and I think he'll be an a f- league average small running defender. And the Blues end up with uh, they send pick seventeen with him to North, and they get twenty one and twenty five. And what I think people are missing there is that even if we keep these picks twenty one and twenty five. If we didn't, our next best pick was 69. So it's a 45, whatever it is, pick jump. So win-win for everyone. Plus, we don't have to pay him, and he was on 400 plus. So Freeze up cap space. He was on 400 plus? A lot of – I've been saying this for a while on all of the Carlton shows. All of our guys have been signed to long-term deals, and a lot of it happened, you know, in that weird between 2015 and 2020 period when we were full rebuild and they had, we just had to meet the salary floor. So guys were yeah. getting overpaid like hell. So uh, Jack Martin's deal was front-ended at a million bucks. That was to get him through the PSD. Zach Fisher was on, you know, uh, an above AFL average wage. A lot of the guys were paid a lot. Lockie O'Brien was, this is unofficial reporting, but was paid a shitload as well. So they paid him out this offseason and, um, yeah, I think it's win-win. Again, I, I think he'll be an average small defender for North Melbourne. Great news. Now in the the unconfirmed, so we know Dersma wants to go to Essendon. Yay. And they're playing hardball, Jesse. Well, we haven't. We haven't really made an offer yet. I, I think there's there's a lot more talk and rumor about this trade. Nothing's really But he's really eight. He's yet. nominated. That's the first made, step, and that, baby. And that's as far as it's gone. Essendon hasn't made an offer yet, so I think a lot of the whole like bluster about deals have been knocked back and stuff, it's, it's, it's there's nothing to it. All I want out of this is, look, I, I think he's, he'll, be a, he'll be a decent player for us. I think he'll be okay. I'm more than happy to bring him, bring him to the team. But he was saying that he really wants to play with his brother one day. Um, his brother's name's... Zane. Zane. Oh yeah, because it's the X Z thing. They went they went on about that on trade radio today. How the Durs and the kids, it's like XYZ, and then they had another kid and they had to go up to W. It was a whole half an hour. It was fantastic. Well they've got their their sister Yasmin plays in that. Yasmin, yeah, AFL and then, Yeah, and then they, they had another kid and they called him, I don't know, Watson or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. But he wants to play he wants to play with his brother, so I'm hoping his brother will get picked by another team. He'll probably go in the top five. I'm hoping in a few years' time he can jump ship. Well, there were the mighty bombers. There was a rumor earlier in the week that that was part of Essendon's pitch to him was that they were planning on trading up to be able to pick up his brother as well. God, no sounds idea how we do that. Very, very much smells like a Carl Dunkley being sold the world a few years ago. Can I? I love my brother. The last thing I ever want to fucking do is work with him. He's a, oh, he's 100%. I, this obsession with Australian sports people to want to play with their brothers is madness. Disgusting. It's It makes me feel ill. As a supporter, I much prefer seeing two brothers go head-to-head with each other and kneel at each other throughout a game and be on opposite sides. I can't he, think of a single family member that I would choose to work with. That doesn't exist. Here is my mega trade. Put it, ring the big bell, lock the big lock. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if we are going to lose him, Nick Martin in our first pick for West Coast pick one, which we trade on to North Melbourne for pick two and three. <laughs> I've been drinking, guys. I've been drinking. What is this? You've been listening to too much trade radio. Yeah. I know I have been. I'm mad for a, well, I'm mad Welcome for to a the Falcon trade. trade Radio, brought to you by Shane's Guacamole and Salsa. There's no shame in choosing Shane. <laughs> that came really smoothly. Yeah. Um, now look, there's been rumor about Nick Martin wanting to go back to not wanting to go back to WA, but the WA teams keeping an eye on him. If we want little Dersma boys, it's the only way we're going to move up. Yeah, you can have the whole alphabet in 18 years. Hang on, half Dersma, half d- Golfies. Can be great. Wasn't your trade that Essendon would trade up to pick one? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to take Zane Dersma there. No, 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 no. If you listen, Chris, we'll then trade that to North Melbourne for pick two and three. Why would oh, West Coast okay. do this? <laughs> Why would West Coast do anything? They've been shit for years. They get what they're given. 
You got Matt Flynn. Be happy with yeah. Be happy you got yeah. that. So, look, look, while while we're talking about it, right? So so this Harley Reid does not want to go to West Coast. This much is known. He categorically right. came out today yeah, and said I know. that he will happily well, go to West Coast. Everyone needs to listen to the movie. <laughs> exactly. When he says, I will play for West Coast. We really uh, got to start taking fine. this kid at his <laughs> word. <laughs> See what he said when he was asked, like, what's your least favorite part about trade period? And he said, Sam McClure. Great. <laughs> I love <laughs> Amazing. him. I love him. You can tell yeah. how much. Tra- I literally, I wait for people to put it in group chats. I'm in that many AFL group chats. So that's, that's my wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Uh, as far as this goes. Anyway, should West Coast be trading pick one? Yes. I think, I think it depends on what it is they're going to get back. So I said to, earlier today in our group chat that... The, Nick Martin the, pick eight. That we're... <laughs> that... Uh, like, there's there's rumours that Melbourne are going to go for pick one. I If I'm West Coast and Melbourne are offering me pick six and pick 11, I don't... Like... I think that Fine, for West they can Coast, have Charlie Spargo as well. <laughs> I think that for West Coast, if they're going to part with pick one and not end up with Harley Reid, then they need to end up with Curtin. Yeah, I I don't think they can re their, their club's got issues, obviously. You can't getting one really good player will help if you already have a list or that's kind of building around them. So I think North getting Harley Reid would be really good because they North do have some really good young players and they also have a trillion first round picks because the AFL is corrupt. West Coast need to build that initial layer and I think you can do a lot more with picks two and three in that situation than, than pick one. Plus, look, everyone is talking about uh, Reid as, oh yeah, he's pick one, therefore he's the next great player. Pick ones don't always come across. I think hedge your bets, get two and three. No, I, think, I think they said he was pick one because he is a good player. Yeah, Harley you, you was really good. Yeah, he Jed Walter would be pick one. He's really good, Jesse. You also <laughs> said that he categorically didn't want to go to West Coast. I can't trust you, okay, either, okay? <laughs> uh, Jed Walter would go number one in this draft if there was an open draft, just as an FYI. But uh, no, Harley, if they don't trade pick one, they'll... They'll take Carly Reid and they'll have a good old time. But yeah, I'm with you. If they if they can find a way to get two and three, um, send something back to North, they should. I don't know necessarily why North would actually do that. I think they should probably hedge their bets. And Melbourne's package is is interesting, which would be six, eleven, and a future first. Probably some bullshit pretend picks coming back, but I'd be tempted by that. I just don't know what we do with him. <laughs> Like play him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, at Casey, do to hear what you didn't do to Grundy and play him. No, no, Grundy was playing VFL. Okay. I'm looking at Melbourne's on my depth chart here. Melbourne's depth: Petrarca, Oliver, Vardy, Brayshaw are all very good. Drops off Plus after Tom's, that. Tom Sparrow is fifty-fifty of if he's going to be good or bad. He's right on I'm the cusp take, of. I'm going to take the bad fifty-fifty on that one. <laughs> Uh, and then you have lots of small four or small medium forwards, and then Josh Shackey and Ben Brown. So I can see why you would go after Harley Reid. Yeah, no, but like Shackey is very instrumental to our future. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we lost everything when Sam Weedem, when Sam Wiedemann went to Essen, and Melbourne lost everything. And then Shackey walks through that door, halo around his precious if, noggin. If he is instrumental, I am fearful of the song you're playing. Okay. <laughs> are we going to uh, mention Chris Burgess and Dylan Stevens, the forgotten trades, or are they not even? Did they not even make your run sheet, Clarky? They did they make the run sheet, but uh, <laughs> so Chris Burgess is going to Adelaide. That's okay for them. Yep, I think you've covered that off. Dylan Stevens <laughs> is going to North Melbourne. That's good for them. Yeah, I think you've covered that off. Easy. Okay. Lockie Schultz wants to go to Collingwood. That's bad for Frio. This was the surprising this for one this week. Why does everyone want out of Fremantle? All right, I'm glad you've asked that question because I'm going to call Damo. No, I spent all day putting this chart together for Damo. Now, the, the only difference is that a lot of Frio's recent trade requests have have been more recent than not. But anyway, bear with me briefly. This is since 2012 when free agency came in. This is the amount of players a club's net lost or gained in free agency and trade since then. Adelaide have lost five players. Brisbane have gained seven. Carlton have gained 19. Collingwood have lost two. Essendon have gained eight. Fremantle have gained three. Geelong lost 15. 
Gold Coast broke even. GWS have lost 39 players in that time. <laughs> Hawthorne have lost four. Melbourne, five. North, five. Port, four. Richmond have lost one. St Kilda have gained 12. Sydney have lost seven. West Coast have gained eight. And Bulldogs have gained one. So what that says to me is that Freo actually is fine. Case closed. Lock your shorts. Welcome to Collingwood. <laughs> He's a big loss for them. And they yeah. should have been good luck to you. Because he's huge. He's a, the, he is a big loss for them. The The interesting thing is how Collingwood then line up with him because does Ginevan stay? Does he play in the same forward line as Ginevan? I don't think you can fit in him, Bobby Hill, and Ginevan and McCreary. So it's an interesting, interesting move. Yeah, I, I think, think it pushes out one of Ginevan, Lipinski, Hoskinelli. He plays on the wing more these days, but I think those three guys are probably out for. Collingwood next year anyway, but then it becomes a a relatively small forward line. I think it's showing um, the media is kind of really in a spot with how to deal with with, uh, Schultz because obviously Fremantle fans are pretty pissed off and Collingwood fans are getting pretty excited about the possibility of this. But because of the whole like Victorian bubble, I don't think people can properly appreciate that. Victoria, Victorian bubble. This is like trying to tell your kids that you don't have a favorite, but secretly it's Victoria. Yeah, but like because <laughs> and of then that, you buy Victoria I, a brand new car and send <laughs> send Western Australia to boarding school. I think because of that, people don't appreciate how instrumental, in a good way, unlike um, Shaki, instrumental Schultz is <laughs> to Fremantle. He's a, he's a core player. Like they need him. This is a massive loss. And I, I think it's being really underplayed at the moment. It, it I'll be pissed off as a Fremantle supporter, but uh, thank God I'm not. I also fair, think da- to be fair, Damo was very pissed. Damo was pissed. Damo was pissed. Praise, praise the Lord, I'm not a Freo supporter. Yeah, no, God no. But <laughs> did you see Tom Green coming out and talking about Vic Bias as well? Yeah, and people that. being mad at him. Nah, he's right though. But he's right. He's a hundred. He's, he's the Hannibal, Hannibal Burris meme. <laughs> like, the fact that people are getting me, mad at I'm him. Correct. The fact that people are getting mad at him probably proves his points a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Vic Bias hey, is real. Free smoke, they, baby. they all chose to join the VFL. It's not our fault. I think I'd say they all chose to move to WA. Their <laughs> <laughs> goddamn fault. Uh, I've, I'm surprised no clubs are coming after Ginevan, though I think Guinea as a personality is much bigger than him as a player. Would any of you want him at your club? No. I was hoping we would make a play for him, to be honest. Uh, oh, if you have Waitman and Ginevan, oh my God. Jesus really. Christ. Holy shit, Chris. It would be interesting. I was I was hoping we'd make a play for him. Um, there's Imagine the that, booze. <laughs> from there's me. talk that now that we've got pick four, we're targeting Watson, which is why we haven't ended up making a play for Ginevan. Um there was talk yesterday that Hawthorne and Richmond were both linked to Ginevan. Um, Richmond's been both. thrown around a fair bit. So, yeah. I think I don't he'd think, be great at a Hawthorne. Yeah. I don't think he stays with Collingwood. I think he goes in this trade period. Um, and, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if it was a Hawthorne that he goes to. Yeah, and they still mad at him about the whole Mooney Valley thing before the grand final. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Love it. There's not many clubs that I think he fits into, and I don't think I think there's maybe only two clubs where he's best twenty three next year. But you know, I don't. Yeah, there's not that much. I don't understand the hype around him, other than that he gets tackled high. But yeah, I I think he's not a big loss for Collingwood, and I think he's. But I still think there's upside in in acquiring him. Send him to North. North, funnily enough, the only place that they really do have depth is actually their general forwards, to be honest with you. They've got a shitload of guys like your Paul Curtises and your whatnots. But, um, oh, yeah, fuck it. Send him there. Oh, if, only, if only North could have some, like, picks to really, clear, you know, fill out their team. Just, just something. There's poor North Melbourne. Yeah, they've only got 15 firsts. God, it's so fucked up. Uh, you know, they're going to end up being, this is my prediction, which I've been saying for a while, since before they got their priority picks and the competent and all that stuff. I, their list is actually, with the exception of their key defensive depth, which is because of injury, their team, their their list has a lot of talent. Like, they're going to end up being a really good team. And then we're yeah. going to look back and go, why did we give them 17 first-round picks? 
it it's really annoying because I don't like seeing North supporters happy. Um, so yeah, enemies of Chris. We're well, in you can fit a- them all in this in your bedroom, mate. <laughs> so if you really wanted to see them happy, just invite the three of them over. We're in for a rough ride when they become the best team in the competition for about four years running. I think the other thing that people aren't really talking about is we're a few years off the Tasmanian team and all the concessions they're going to get that come in. So you want to be, this is right now where North are is a good position because the teams that are trying to rebuild in three years time are going to be fucked. So North are in a good I'm, position. Suck now. Be oh, it might later. not be too bad because Gold Coast might be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. We know the AFL is just going to pump funds up there as long as it exists. That's so, where I'm like- I'm really worried about um, where our midfield is going to be with the Tasmanian concessions coming up because yeah, we- we've now given away our, f- our first-round pick for next year um, and we have Liberatore, who's, what, 31, Trelaw, who's 30 or 31, Bont, who's 27, McRae, who doesn't play in the midfield anymore, but is a I, I was going to say, is that, way, is that why Bevo's hiding him in the forward pocket so no one can take <laughs> um, And the only young midfielder, good midfielder that we have coming through is Bailey Smith, who I am I don't think will be at the club after next year. So, yeah, I'm worried about our midfield stocks. Well, I think, yeah, the Bulldogs, Geelong and Richmond are three teams that if I was a fan, and yes, you've enjoyed recent success, so that's that's good. But if you're looking for long longevity and long and long term success, they're three teams I'd be pretty worried about it unless they start planning for the future like now. Yeah, I think we're gonna start seeing future picks as trade fodder is gonna massive sharply decrease over the next few years. Agree. I think that about wraps us up for this week. Now that I do spent- want to give a quick mention of something, though. Okay. And look, we could, we, we did mess up the run sheet, and I, I do want to give this a bit of a shout-out, just real quickly. Um, over the weekend, I went to PAX Oz 2023. Good time but had by all. And I know we've all been starved for a good, playable, functional AFL game for the last 20 years. I played a game called Footy Bash. It's by a Melbourne, the Melbourne studio called Danger Thumbs. It's like NBA Jam, that same sort of pixel art vibe mixed with like just a blood sport. So it, it, it is a very, very simple version of AFL. You can play it with four players. I think it, it's going to be ideal for just like you and your mates after a few drinks on the couch. Super simple. You got a kick, you got a, a specky, a tackle, and you've also got this like dash boost bump which can just break a person in half, okay? So you have this, like, pixelated blood coming on the screen. It's super fun. It kind of got that, like, clumsiness that can make an indie game really fun. It was one of the longest lines I've seen at an indie booth at PAX over my 10 years of going there. People were absolutely loving it. They're working on a story mode for it as well. And while I played it, Obviously, it's not an official licensed AFL game, but a lot of the little sprites looked like players. Like the Ruckman was clearly Nick Nat. And I was wondering how they how they were doing it. I did a bit of a read-up on it today. You can create your own players. So you can do your own jumpers. So if you wanted to, and I'm sure they'll make a, a function where you can sort of download other people's packs and things like that, you can make all your favorite players. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It, they're aiming to have it launch prior to round one next year a feat that afl live couldn't do this year so good luck uh but keep an eye out for that and i think when it comes out maybe i'll, I'll speak about it a little bit more in depth but yes very promising had a lot of fun with it won a pair of socks while we're pumping up football games if you want to go over to my youtube channel at lekdog l-e-k-d-o-g i did a two-hour play test of monty who runs fan footy his new footy game called Mr. Football. Um, it's a two-hour video, but if you go to him, find him on Twitter, I'm sure the details are in the video description. He's doing play test keys if you apply for them, but basically it's a, a cross between football manager and Australian football, Australian rules football coach and mobile games, and he kind of have mashed it all together and made this really cool concept. So um, keep an eye on that, Mr. Football. Oh, I'm keen on that. And while we're talking about that, don't play AFL 23. 
No, scratch that, play it. Just don't expect to enjoy yourself. It's fine. It works. (laughs) Kind of. And on that note, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FalconFootyPod. You can also find us individually at I'm at QuantumJC. Jesse? Uh, What am I? Jesse Spanner. On on everything. Everywhere. All at once. (laughs) And Chris? Uh, Lowry underscore 16. And our beautiful guest, Lackdog, where can people find you and all of the great stuff that you're doing? Google Lackdog. You'll see nudes of me and stuff. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, there's there's one of you in your underwear kneeling in the rain. Uh, that image is out there. And there's a lot of photos of me <laughs> nude on the internet doing stuff. You know what? Live your best life. So we're part of the Story Mode Network podcast, so you can uh, podcast network, sorry, and you can see our sister shows. You're fired. And You're options. fired from the role. <laughs> it's very late at night. <laughs> it's very late at night. Uh, so yeah, go listen to those if you love love letters and you want to yes. hear people talk about their favorite stuff or dialogue options, which is a real video game podcast. Not 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 the five minutes that I jammed into this episode. And again, the latest episode of Love Letters that will be live. By the time you listen to this. And who's on the latest letter? The lovely Lex Dog, naked as ever, talking about Fellowship of the Ring. Good movie. Great film. And we'll see you next week, listeners. Bye. Football. See ya.